0: Tonight, should Fox News be banned in Canada? Well, there's at least one activist group that wants this to happen, and you won't believe their rationale. It's Monday, May 8th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Should Fox News be banned in Canada? An organization called EGAL, which stands for Equality for Gays and Lesbians Everywhere, they think so. They want Fox News gone, as in permanently. By the way, just how inclusive is EGAL when they don't even include T for trans in their acronym? Because we know EGAL is down with the radical transgender revolution, by the way, check out this photo on EGAL's homepage. Yet again, another drag queen reading a book to elementary school children. Disgusting. And here's something more disturbing. Instead of the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission telling EGAL to take a long walk off a short pier regarding its frivolous complaint, the bureaucrats at Canada's version of the Ministry of Truth are actually entertaining this complaint. Yes, the CRTC is going forward with hearings to see if an American news channel should be expunged from Canadian airwaves due to certain members in the spirit unicorn community suffering from, well, hurt feelings, really. The crux of the matter pertains to former Fox host Tucker Carlson, Musing about the way in which members of the Alphabet Soup community act out violently in the public square, typically with little or no consequences. Oh, we can't say that now, can we? Not even if it's true? Yeah, that six foot four bearded dude currently identifying as Tinkerbell. Yeah, he might look like Herman Munster in a miniskirt, but Stinkerbell has feelings, don't you know, and must be? Protected from wrong thought, even if he might be mentally ill. In any event, here's an excerpt of Eagle's statement regarding Tucker's oratory: "Quote the coverage aimed to provoke hatred and violence against two S L G B T Q I communities, particularly those who are two spirit, trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming." To S T N B G N, end quote. Egel also provided examples ranging from the inflammatory, i.e., that the quote, trans movement is targeting Christians, end quote, to the factual, quote, that trans people are given preferential treatment, end quote. Yeah, but here's the thing, folks: the ugly, un- unvarnished truth of the matter is that Tucker is right. Trans people and their allies, typically Antifa wannabes who now drape themselves in the pink and baby blue colors of the trans flag, well, they often self-identify as violent thugs. And I'm sorry to say they do receive preferential treatment from members of law enforcement because trans folks are not worthy of equal rights but rather of extra special rights. Case in point, Billboard Chris. That would be Chris Elston, and he speaks out against the heinous practice of gender transition for children. Chris is frequently attacked by the Love Trumps Hate rainbow coalition. In fact, several months ago in Montreal, Chris had his arm broken. The police response? Well, the Montreal coppers were too busy enforcing masking laws or shutting down the practice of journalism or something, yeah, they had no time nor inclination to do something about actual real and violent crime. That might actually take a little more effort than, you know, biting into a chocolate eclair. More recently, Billboard Chris was physically assaulted in Vancouver in late March. It was caught on film, and it was eyewitnessed by police. Check it out. Why, why do you think they're, they're, they're getting that kind of representation? I mean, it uh, clearly was uh, aggressive violent assault. You suck.
1: You suck, fuck you, fuck you, you're not wanted, fuck you, you're, you're a fucking idiot, you're a fucking idiot. I don't idiot. know what to say, fuck I guess you. these police officers are mostly indoctrinated you. as well. Yeah. Here, uh, they're afraid of the mob. I think, I think they're afraid fuck that if you. they do anything you're to fuck fuck actually keep you. law and order fuck you. that fuck you. they'll end fuck up you. being fuck on you. the end of this fuck verbal you. abuse. So it's just cowardice from everybody all around.
2: People probably want to know, how do you keep your composure? Whoa. Fuck you. What's up? do you keep your you, composure? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, you.
1: you. Fuck you. Okay, fuck you. you. That, oh. yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck yeah. you. Fuck
3: know.
0: you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay then, as I said, video evidence and eyewitness accounts And the end result?
3: Nothing to see here. Please disperse.
0: Nothing to see here. Indeed, check out the outrageous conduct of Vancouver police officer Frederica Buckman. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: So, let me get this straight.
1: You doing your job and finding a guy who assaulted me me is inciting violence. So you're going to do nothing so that that person can go home and then nothing will come of this. Correct?
2: So when are we going to go
1: find this person who assaulted me?
2: And what would you like me to do with
1: them? <laughs> charge them with assault? Uh, charge them with assault, arrest them, like a police officer is supposed to do. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah. This is absolutely incredible. But instead, smirking you're going to do time nothing, too and Just then smirking. they're going to go home. And then you're going to say, well, what am I supposed to do? This is such an embarrassment. You should all be incredibly embarrassed. Sign up for to do? Why did you become a police officer? Why did you become a police officer? To allow violent criminals to assault people who don't think that children should be getting sterilized? Sorry.
0: Then more footage shows Buckman cowering away and smiling with glee while Chris was mobbed and thrown to the ground by more trans activists right in front of her face. Yep, nothing to see here, folks, except that goofy smile from Officer Buckman, yet another diversity-hire disaster for the VPD, someone wholly incapable of performing her duties and upholding her oath due to another oath she has presumably taken vis-a-vis political correctness and wokeism. But then again, maybe it might be harsh to single-handedly blame Buckman for her actions, or, as the case may be, inactions. Last month, a Toronto police officer leaked to us the transgender training uh, Toronto cops are forced to endure these days thanks to an edict from the Ontario Human Rights Commission based on one complaint from a trans-something. Check out this. It's a message from none other than the former interim Toronto police chief, James Reimer. Poor Reimer, he displays all the enthusiasm of a man marching to the gallows as he explains what led to this torturous transgender training, something that has little to do with law enforcement and everything to do with wokeness and political correctness and virtue signaling.
3: Welcome to the Diversity and Trans Inclusion module, an essential part of the Toronto Police Service's GDTI Inclusion Initiative. The training you are about to undergo reflects our commitment to strengthening our relationship with the trans and gender diverse communities in Toronto, and to making TPS a safe and inclusive workplace for our trans and non-binary employees. In 2015, Boyd Kodak, a trans man, filed a human rights complaint after being discriminated against by both TPS and the Ministry of Community, Safety and Correctional Services. Following his arrest, Mr. Kodak was placed in the women's sections of both police and correctional facilities. Had his gender-affirming articles confiscated.
0: Oh my God in heaven! She had her gender-affirming articles confiscated? In other words, they took away her dildo? Sorry, but when one is being incarcerated, that standard procedure, when one is placed in a prison cell, you surrender your shoelaces, your necktie, wristwatch, cell phone, you name it. But apparently a dildo is a gender-affirming article? Um, no, it's not. It's most likely a phallic-shaped piece of plastic made in China. And in theory, it's something that could definitely be weaponized. Ah, but because the owner of the dildo is a transgendered humanoid, well, <laughs> never mind. The former intern chief continues his pep talk and he no, as he no doubt ponders why he ever chose a career in law enforcement in the first place. In
3: 2016, Mr. Kodak, the Ontario Human Rights Commission and the Toronto Police Services Board reached a settlement requiring TPS to take major steps to address the treatment of trans people in custody. This case, Waterman versus the Toronto Police Services Board and the Missing Persons Report have served as catalysts for change. TPS must do the necessary work to build bridges and restore trust with members of our vulnerable communities.
0: Oh my goodness, Reimer then goes on and on and on, forced to do so by the non-elected and unaccountable Ontario Human Rights Commission. But at the end of the day, the Toronto Police Trans Training and I bet several other police forces in our great dominion, well, they're embracing all this rubbish. It all boils down to a three-part lesson going forward. Number one, if it's trans, it's good. And if it's good, it's trans. Number two, transgender people should be treated in a special way because, well, these are special people. And number three, if anyone has a problem with the transgender agenda, then you are insensitive at best and a hateful transphobe at worst, and you need to be re-educated or even punished. In any event, EGAL's position seems to be this. The Toronto Police Service and other law enforcement agencies have gotten with the program, whereas Fox News remains an outlier. So the solution is simple. Off with their heads. Fox News must be banished from the Canadian airwaves because this vile news network, it's dangerous, you see. Kind of like a downed hydro wire. Indeed, at the end of the day, censorship being carried out by the blackface regime and its lapdogs be it bureaucracy such as the CRTC or the trained SEALs in the mainstream media. Well, such censorship, it's not an act of oppression or suppression, but rather it's an act of kindness. It's all about sanitizing things, you know, for our own protection. But EGAL is dead wrong regarding its journalistic jihad for several reasons. And here are just a couple Firstly, there are already existing laws in the Criminal Code of Canada when it comes to defamation, libel, and slander. The shysters at EGAL should know this. They claim to be lawyers, after all. Yet they know that nothing Tucker Carlson has ever said on this file meets the benchmark of defamation, libel, or slander. They have on their hands what's known in the legal profession as a shite case, at least in a court of law it is. So, their plan B is to circumvent that whole messy legal process. Just go to the broadcast version of Big Brother. Let's get the CRTC to deliver a papal bull-like command to banish filthy Fox News from the airwaves. Gal is trying to take a shortcut by pleading their case before a bureaucrat as opposed to a judge. Because all they have is a nothing burger with fries. Secondly, here's another reason this mission is an outrage. Fox News is not on one's basic cable package to begin with. A cable subscriber has to actually request Fox News. That of course means the consumer desires the content and is willing to pay cash money for it. So if you are of the belief that Fox News is the TV equivalent of Satan's waiting room, well, One need only vote with his or her wallet and not subscribe. Let the free market take care of the issue. Ah, but then again, when it comes to the blackface regime, as we have seen with the recent passage of the censorious Bill C-11, blackface has no intention to treat adults as adults, especially those adults with contrarian opinions. So it is that the bailiwick of blackface is to eradicate the airwaves and the internet of disinformation and misinformation. Blackface, the former part-time drama teacher, well, he knows what's best for all of us, after all. So it is that the presence of Fox News on Canadian airwaves is a problem that does not really exist. No fix is necessary because absolutely nothing is broken. But the X factor is the CRT itself. Suddenly, this irrelevant bureaucracy is becoming far more relevant and far more scary every day thanks to the empowerment given to it by the censorious thugs who comprise the black faced Liberals. Once upon a time, the ostensible policy reason for the CRTC was to promote Canadian content. The idea was that little Canada shared a border with the mighty cultural leviathan of the USA. How could Canucks in the music and TV and movie industries possibly go up against the likes of Hollywood without a little government assistance vis-a-vis Canadian content rules, especially given that American TV signals seamlessly crossed over the U.S.-Canada border while virtually 100% of the movies being screened in Canadian theatres were sourced from the U.S. So it was the very rationale for the existence of the CRTC was to lend a helping hand to Canadian musicians and film and TV actors. But make no mistake, like any bureaucracy, the CRTC always had a political bent. And yes, folks, I speak from bitter experience. For example, several staffers here at Rebel News, including the big boss man himself, Ezra Levant, and yours truly, well, we're refugees from the Sun News Network. In February of 2015, the CRTC assassinated Sun News. Sun News was merely seeking the same license that so many other Canadian specialty channels had. Many of those specialty channels dined out on broadcasting decades-old American sitcoms. And really, when it comes to the so-called CanCon rules, what is even remotely Canadian about that? Meanwhile, Sun News was owned by a Quebec-based company, Quebecor. The head office and main studios were based in Toronto. There were Sun News bureaus from coast to coast. More than 200 Canadians were employed at Sun News, telling Canadian stories to a Canadian audience. How much more Canadian can you possibly get? And yet, even though the Sun News presentation to the CRTC was brilliant, the CRTC poobas, like modern-day Caesars at the Roman Coliseum, well, they turned their thumbs down. They killed the Sun News Network. What was the official reason, you ask? Oh, that's the thing, folks. They don't have any reason. They don't have to give a reason. They just did it. But we all know what the unspoken reason was. A right-leaning news media outlet in Canada simply would not be tolerated. That's a little too much diversity, as in diversity of opinions. So it was, bye bye thanks for coming out. And here's why I truly worry about the future of Fox News. Even before the passage of C11, The CRTC banned Russia Today, a.k.a. RT, without even the pretense of public hearings on the matter. Now, maybe you look upon RT as state-sponsored propaganda from the Kremlin, or maybe you look upon RT as an alternate source of information. That's not the issue. Just like Fox News, RT was a subscriber-based service in Canada. You don't like RT? Don't subscribe. But no, yet again, the Blackface Liberals, they are the self-proclaimed adults in the room. And so it is that they weaponize the CRTC to vaporize RT without so much as a cursory debate. Yes, I know you can still access RT via this whiz thingy called the World Wide Web, but we all know what's coming next, don't we? Thanks to Blackface. You see, at the end of the day, the Liberals and their useful idiots are engaged in a war against hatred, and the nuclear bomb in their war chest is censorship, even when the so-called hatred is not hatred at all, as is the most recent case with EGEL's idiotic claims that Fox News is transphobic, whatever that means. But that's the thing, isn't it, folks? Be it out on the battlefield, or within the broadcast biosphere. The first casualty of war, as always, is the truth. Say, folks, do you remember way back in 1968 when former Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau had this famous quotation, namely, quote, there is no place for the state in the bedroom of the nation, end quote. Well, folks, that was then and this is now because under Prime Minister Blackface, the state is very, very interested in what's going on in your bedroom. And yes, we have the evidence. Joining me right now is Franco Terrazano of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And Franco, uh, you've done it again, your organization, You've gone into the uh, records of the federal bureaucracy and you have discovered that the government is now funding, I think it's called senior sex story shows. Franco, what in the world do you mean by that?
2: Okay, so we're not only funding senior (laughs) sex story shows, we're outsourcing seniors (laughs) sex story shows. Like we are funding these sex story shows around the world in places like Australia, Austria, and Taiwan. So we found through an access to information request that the government of Canada has spent more than $12,000 paying for these live performances where seniors in other countries get on stage and relive their sexual histories to a live audience talking about uh, the first, the last, the best, the worst se- sexual experiences they've ever had. Um, now, you know, when parents tell their children to listen to their elders, I don't think this is what they had in mind.
0: Oh, please, I scare easy. Uh, but But Franco... What in the world is the ostensible policy reason for this in the first place?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd love, you know what, I'd love to sit down with the bureaucrats when they're in this room deciding, you know, what should we do with all this taxpayer money? I'd love to sit down with those bureaucrats who said, yep, funding senior sex story shows abroad is a good use of taxpayers' money. You know, uh, I kid, of course, this is uh, an awful use of our tax dollars, Um, but this is funded through what's called the Mission Cultural Fund. It's a little known slush fund uh, that Global Affairs Canada has, and the policy objectives are supposed to be to promote Canada abroad and to push forward Canada's foreign policy. Well, the obvious question is this, uh, how is paying for these sex story shows in other countries promoting Canada.
0: Wow, the Mission Cultural Fund. I'm sure there's a punchline there involving the term the missionary position, but I dare not go oh my. there. <laughs> <laughs> but Franco, this to me is perverse. I mean, look what Canadians are dealing with right now inflation, interest rates going through the roof, this continual attack on our freedoms via censorship. And somehow, some way, some bureaucrat with some bureaucracy said, "No, we got to get this uh, senior sex story initiative going." Uh, who asked for this in the first place? Well, you know, it'd be a better use of taxpayers'
2: money: hang seniors to talk about anything else—literally anything else. I mean, you know, like, look, here's a novel idea: maybe the government uh, gives a gives it a break on the sex shows. Uh, until it pays down its one trillion dollar debt, and when I say sex shows, I do mean plural, because we also discovered that through this mission cultural fund, previously uh, it spent about eighty eight hundred bucks on a sex toy show in Germany. Okay, now call me old fashioned, but if the Germans want to have sex toy shows, maybe maybe they can fund it with their own money and not rely on Canadian taxpayers.
0: Yeah, no. I guess you're an old-fashioned square then, <laughs> Franco. But you know, as you mentioned, um, trips to Vienna, Austria, Melbourne, uh, Taipei City, Taiwan. Uh, as they say, the bottom line is the bottom line. How much went into this nonsense, Franco? About $12,500.
2: Okay, so first of all, I mean, no taxpayer's money should be going to fund live performances of seniors in other countries uh, reliving their sex lives. I can't believe I have to say that out loud with my mouth, but there is no way that Canadian taxpayers should be funding that. I mean, I mean come on, right? Um, but look, this is such a waste of money. This whole Mission Cultural Fund should be scrapped completely. Um, it's always going over budget. Let me just give you some other examples of what has been used uh, through this funding. Um, the government spent like $51,000 for a Brian Adams, yes, that Brian Adams, to have a red carpet photo exhibit. Uh, the government spent $15,000 through the Mission Cultural Fund to promote the famous cartoonist Lynn Johnston's work in Washington. And it also spent nearly $10,000 to promote Margaret Atwood, the famous author, to promote her book in Australia. So this Mission Cultural Fund, what it really smells like to me is just you have these bureaucrats who have way too much of taxpayers' money on their hands and are just looking to spend money, right? Because none of these things that the Mission Cultural Fund is spending money on of the list that I just said. None of this should be a priority for Canadian taxpayers.
0: You know, this is obscene in a way, Franco. I mean, I've never seen homeless worse than it is right now in the streets of Toronto and several other Canadian cities. And you mentioned those names, Lynn Johnson, Brian Adams, Margaret Atwood. These are all millionaires. Why do they need a handout to uh, exhibit their works in the first place? They don't.
2: They don't. They don't. And the government doesn't have money, right? The government doesn't have all these buckets of cash lying around. You know, I made a little bit of a joke earlier, but the government is more than a trillion dollars in debt. And yes. The government isn't flush with cash. The government has been raising taxes year after year. This year alone, payroll taxes up, carbon tax up, alcohol taxes up. In July, second carbon tax coming in, right? Let's look about just the debt servicing costs. You know, This year, it'll cost taxpayers about $44 billion just to pay the interest charges on the government credit card And now we find out about all this spending, uh, like $12,000 to fund these live performances of seniors on stage talking about the best and worst sex they've ever had. This is not a priority. It should not be a priority. The government doesn't have money for this. And taxpayers surely don't have money to be funding this.
0: No, and uh, I know I run the risk of being uh, called an attacker of the arts, uh, but the idea of the Mission Cultural Fund existing in the first place, uh, that really grinds my gears, uh, Franco. And and I'm looking at some of the previous performances. Uh, You mentioned in your report uh, 2019, the Mission Cultural Fund gave almost $9,000 to the Canadian artist Peaches. Oh, I can just imagine what Peaches is. Um, And that was to fund a multimedia art exhibit in Hamburg, Germany with the provocative title, quote, whose jizz is this? End quote. I mean, I think that's borderline pornographic, Frank. I mean, like, again, I know pornography rather is legal in Canada, but I don't think it should be taxpayer funded. What say you? Of course, it should not be
2: funded by the taxpayer. I, I, you know, I can't believe we're having this conversation right now, right? How outrageous is it with these that the government finances has deteriorated to such an extent that you and I are even having this conversation, right? We shouldn't have to say, hey, maybe we don't fund sex, show, sex toy shows or, or sex story shows around the world. That should not be controversial right? Like that shouldn't be a controversial thing to say. We shouldn't be having this conversation at all. But yeah, we are because the government is spending thousands of dollars uh, to stage these live performances where people can go on stage and talk about their sex lives or, or spending nearly $9,000 to have this art show, if we can call it that, uh, that features giant sex toys. And look, if you want to have your own art show that that does these things, <laughs> okay, I guess, right? But you shouldn't rely on other people to fund that art show. And and another thing that I just want to address, because I hear some people talking about the public art. Well, just because you call something art, it doesn't mean you should get taxpayers' money.
0: No, uh, 100%. And I know art is in the eye of the beholder, but... I know when something is gross and obscene and, for that matter, fiscally irresponsible. You know, I go back to that date again, 2019. That's one etched in my memory, Franco. That was the year Mad Magazine went out of business. That periodical used to be a license to print money. One of my theories is that the world just got too mad for mad to parody And when you dig up stuff like this, this is more proof in the pudding that a uh, satirical magazine like Mad Magazine is obsolete. Um, Last word goes to you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, we were just on the hook for
2: the most expensive game and maybe the most disturbing game of Never Have I Ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Well, as the saying goes, sex, sex, sex. I've had it up to here with sex. Not lately, folks, but then again, maybe I should join a Ottawa federal bureaucracy and uh, it'll like, uh, I don't know, be Las Vegas on steroids. Um, Franco, thank you so much for your due diligence. Thank you for exposing this. And, you know, it just goes to show the late great mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford, he always said, and he got derided for it, but this is more proof in the pudding that Mayor Ford was right. We don't necessarily have a revenue problem, we have a spending problem, which is to say bureaucracies, cities, provinces, the federal government, they spend needlessly, in some case, millions, billions of dollars when all that could be uh, hemmed in. And as a result, we have nonsense like this that if you weren't paying attention, we never would have heard about it from the train seals in the mainstream media. So Franco, thank you so much for this enlightening report. Well, folks, lots of feedback from Ezra's show on Friday in which his monologue was about the Liberal Convention and his interview was with Aaron Gunn regarding that Vancouver dispensary, a dispensary for hard drugs, if you can imagine. Oi, oi, oi. In any event, Three Cracked Cheeks writes, were these policy recommendations written by high school students? Are there any adults in the Liberal Party? You know, i got to be honest, I think high school students could do a far better job. I've been to several school demonstrations recently, and i got to tell you, the kids are all right. They're not down with this woke, progressive agenda. So, yeah, let's put the high school kids in charge of the next liberal policy convention. I think they'll do a hell of a lot better than the so-called adult liberals in the room. Shadow9449 writes, Legal, safe, responsible, firearm ownership, bad. Hard drugs, good. Welcome to Trudeau's Canada. You know, you're absolutely right. The idea that going after, oh, I don't know, Saskatchewan duck hunters is going to solve uh, criminal activity in the inner cities of our nation. uh, It's absolutely nonsensical. Illegal handguns will always be a thing by criminals because here's the thing that Trudeau and Marco Mendicino and Bill Blair fail to understand. Criminals, by definition, break the law, including gun ownership laws. Unbelievable. Bruce Atchison writes, Trudeau and his WEF buddies want the drug crisis to continue. It gets rid of what they think of as useless eaters and life unworthy of life. A number of academics have claimed that 90% of humanity must die off so the population will be sustainable. Naturally, the elitists won't be in the 90%. They'll still be the 1% with the other 9% as their slaves. You know, well said, Bruce. One law for thee, one law for me. I've always said, uh, you want me to chow down on a cricket sandwich? and a mealworm pie. As soon as Klaus Schwab, the head honcho at the WEF, puts down his filet mignon and gets out of his limousine, I will follow likewise. Which is to say, folks, never going to happen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Ezra Levent Show. Really appreciate your support. I think the big boss man is back tomorrow. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and... Stay sane.